hello and welcome, folks, to a very special episode of Palin' Around. Uh, this is not the usual intro, because this is not the usual show. Um, instead of our topic-based bonanza, we are instead today going to do a spoiler cast on the 2021 Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, my name is Ty, and joining me are two very special guests. Uh, the first is a uh, writer, reviewer, uh, person extraordinaire, uh, Yusuf Cole. How are you, Yusuf? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, and also, also joining me uh, for round two of, of spoiler casting uh, is, is, my, is my friend Bonnie Q. Hello, Bonnie. Hi, I'm glad to be back again talking about another space game. Yeah, that's, I guess that's just, Bonnie's here for the space games is really exactly. what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to chat about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I guess just to start out, uh, Yusuf, I know you kind of already talked about this a little bit on the Waypoint podcast, but um, what is everybody's kind of like background, I guess, with Guardians as a as a franchise or a thing that, you know, exists. So many things have happened since then. I'm sure it might as well pretend never happened. Uh, and I will come at this with a blank slate. And I would say my background is, uh, the movies, uh, the, Mar- the Marvel movies. And I reviewed the game for, for waypoint. So I, I went and bought one of the comics to kind of get some, some background but it wasn't really necessary because i feel like the game is very tied to the movies i mean it definitely takes some stuff from the comics but it, it was kind of i feel like that's the 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 major cultural inspiration was from from the movies versus uh the other literature um so that's kind of how my frame of reference for the, for it up until very recently uh, yeah, same for me. Um, I think for most of the population, my main exposure to Guardians of the Galaxy came from the, the movies. Um, yeah, after I watched the original movie, I actually I tried to seek out one of the comics to just kind of check out what the differences were. But, you know, Marvel, it's impossible to find what comic you should read because um, there's like a million different runs and like thousands of different universes or whatever. Uh, but... Yeah, I think that it's definitely true that the game relies a lot on you being semi-familiar with the characters from the movies, just as I think that a lot of the Marvel comics that revolved around the Guardians of the Galaxy also trended in that direction because of their mainstream success. Yeah, I guess... So I have pretty much the exact same, like... Uh, familiarity. I definitely was first exposed via the movies. And then I think, like, I love to read uh, a superhero Wikipedia page and just pulled out a real deep hole of all the wild shit that happens in comics. Um, So I've read, like, random stuff about them through that, but definitely, like, the familiarity for me came through the films as well. But I think the nice thing about this game is, like, it does kind of rely on you you know, having that familiarity with the Marvel movie, but also I feel like if you didn't, it would be fine because, like, you know, it implies enough about the world and Peter's background and kind of everybody's background and, like, the war and stuff to where you can, you know, infer enough without 
you know, necessarily having to have seen the movies, which I think is nice. Yeah, I think it helped. I think it was, it definitely worked in that way because I actually haven't seen the second movie. Never got around to it. Um, So I, I was only working on like one movie's worth of knowledge. And yeah, the game gave me enough to to the point where I was, I was pretty much on even footing as everyone else, I think. Arguably the ideal way to absorb that, those stories. Because the second, yeah, the second movie was not great. No, was it not? I think, yeah. uh, I mean, it had some interesting elements to it. So I'd say, like, if you really want more Guardians, like, definitely check it out. But uh, I feel like it, it kind of just, like, felt, it had the problems of a sequel where they were like, you love the first one, here's more of the first one, but but more, like, self-aware. Like, yeah. where it's like, you know, uh, with uh, Drax being like, oh, now he's like, everything he says is just, like, complete, like, he's like, practically looking at the camera being like, aren't I funny that I'm so like, um, you know, like out of or like, I don't understand human mm-hmm. uh, conversation. Like just like everything becomes like a, too much of a, of a punchy joke. And like, also just like yeah. there's a ton they're trying to fit in like one movie. Cause they're like, yeah. Oh, Hey, did you, did you want character development for every member of this squad in two hours? Here you go. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, which is why I say like the game is like the way to go from the first movie because it does the character development, but it does not cram it into two hours. Mm-hmm. Like you get to, to spend time with all the characters. And that's, I also that's like that good. it's just less, right? Like the mm-hmm. they talk about Peter's dad in this, but like it's not like the plot point. Um, and maybe it will be if they make another one. I don't know, but. Yeah, it's nice that I feel like this game is very strong in its writing and its characters in that, like, it has the room to breathe, but also it's not trying to, like, overdo it with, like, being the movies. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I liked how some of the characters, I think especially Drax and, like, Gamora were very different from the movies. I think it was nice that Gamora got to kind of be more self-actualized and she got to have some funny moments as well. Um, because she wasn't forced into the role of being like kind of like the ice queen or like the straight man all the time that Peter has to like it, it's if I describe their movie dynamic it would be like Peter is like Ryan Reynolds and she's like Sandra Bullock like a big city type who like a big city girl who goes to a small <laughs> town and th- this is how I this is how I perceive their movie relationship. She's I mean, literally a girl like goes to a small the, town and like doesn't called. She's like doesn't want to know what, ice like, queen with a himbo. Exactly. Boyfriend. She like she she doesn't do jokes or humor. She's very serious. She's only focused on her goal. But then this guy comes along and he teaches her that she she just how to love. <laughs> she learns to love from this golden retriever man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any like re- rewatching it. You're like, this this doesn't make any damn sense as a romance. Like, they have, like, like nothing no happens. You just inevitably, yeah, she's inevitably is like into him, and it's just, like yeah. one of those things. And you're just there's like, there's like no actual chemistry between like those versions of the characters. The only thing about Gamora that was hard for me was she reminded me so so much of Huntress from the Birds of Prey movie. That I was like having a hard time 
like swallowing her as as this character because I was like it just reminds me so much of this other character. Like the the haircut is the same, the like the look is the same. Only you know instead of tall white lady, it's tall green lady. Like the affect is very similar. Like so much about it was like that same exact character that I was like, ooh, I'm having I'm having a hard time suspending my disbelief on this one part. But I did like it still. I enjoyed like that take on Gamora. Yeah. I think yeah, they did they did a pretty good job of like expanding Gamora's, I guess, emotional depth as well. Yeah. I'm a um, fan of the yeah. I, I'm also just like a I'm a mark for the like socially awkward murderer. I guess. Because that's also what Huntress is in that film. <laughs> um, I think, too, I like that this game, like, is very unapologetic about the, like, moral grayness of these characters in a way that I think, like, the movies are not. Like, the movies are very much trying to be like, look, they're the good guys and they're cool. And, like, this game is like, yeah, they're cool, but also, like, they got into this situation because they were trying to pay a fucking ticket. You know what I mean? Like, and every time Peter tries to do, like, the quote-unquote right thing, it ends up being worse. Um, and Gamora is a murderer, and Drax is a murderer, and, like, you know, they're all just very blatant about who and what they are. And I dig it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, like Yusuf said, given so much more time to expand all these characters, it felt like it felt like a much better continuation of the first movie. I mean, obviously I haven't seen the second one, but I'm just going to go off what you've told me, <laughs> that the game was a much better continuation. It's just... Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is just Guardians of the Galaxy family issues, and also Mantis is there. But she's, like, so much less cool than in the game. She's so cool <laughs> in the game! I messaged Bonnie... As soon as I met Mantis in the game, and I was like, I love this little fucking freak. She's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, um, so, oh yeah, did you have, a, like, a plan or a structure? Should we go through, like, the plot or the characters? Um, I was planning on going through the plot, but I'm open to if y'all want to do more, like, characters, since that's what we've been talking about, or... I'm I'm open to uh, feedback, suggestions, etc. I mean, if somebody wants to go through the plot who's played it probably more recent, recently than me, I would appreciate that um, uh, to get, to jog my memory. Yeah, I can do that real quick. So basically, you right, so you play as as the the Star Lord, the Peter Quill, um, and this is post forming of the guardians of the galaxy post like war between the kree and the like rock alien guys whose name i don't remember off the top of my head um and you're starting the game trying to go into this like quarantine zone in space to try to catch a monster to sell to the monster queen who i will say i love that Peter Quill is canonically a monster fucker in this, and he is a notorious monster fucker in this, but the monster queen's design, cowardly. Human lady. 
who's just like tall. She's just I will she looks say, like a Warhammer lady. Like she's just a big lady in armor. That's I will nothing. say that this is like getting a bit ahead of myself, but I will say if you if you choose to sell Rocket instead of Groot, you do not get the monster fucker scene. So I didn't get it until my second playthrough. <laughs> Boo. Well, I know. There's, there's a few mentions though of like I can't remember. There's another one. It's like passing dialogue or something where they're talking about like a girl that Peter banged in the past and she's like apparently a gross alien species because like Gamora and Rocket are like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I love it. I think it's perfect. I think that this ver- version of Peter Quill is so much better than the Chris Pratt one. Not even because of the like Chris Pratt being an asshole thing. I just like genuinely think this is a better version of the character. I mean, Chris Pratt just kind of oozes boring heterosexuality. Yeah, he also just, like, I feel like because of, this is maybe because of Parks and Rec, but to me, he has, like, attempting to be, like, wholesome boy next door vibes that I just, like, like, is not what Peter Quill is doing. Like, he's a shit, a shit, a shitbag himbo. Um, Yeah, it's also, like, wholesome boy next door that once you start dating, you're like, he's awful. Yeah, you're like, oh, he's in the show, too. You're like... You're just and he like, do be having gamer moments. He's like, I don't, I would not want to date this guy. He's like, such a, yeah, he's just like a total loser, um, in the worst sense, like where he's just like doesn't clean up and is like really irresponsible, and like, but he's, but then you're right, he like ex- he exudes that like you gotta love me, like yeah, I'm a good guy, yeah, but then like in the game, yeah, like you're like. There's there's a bit there's a bit more ambiguity like he still like has that like kind of lovable face thing going on where it's like yeah I like, feel like it's more of like face. a yeah. it's like a rogue roguish like Nathan Drake charm I think more than like it's, yeah yeah you know I mean, what I mean? like he's just like a lot more like dude at a bar yeah <laughs> lost for words just like. A Canadian dude at a bar, I guess. <laughs> He's he so Canadian. Life. It He's makes so me Canadian. really upset how Canadian he is. I like yeah. you had said you mentioned it in the Waypoint podcast, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of funny." And then I was playing it, and I was like, "Oh, he's like super <laughs> Canadian." Should, I'm I'm really sad they didn't have like a you know Canadian tuxedo uh, outfit option, just like full denim, top and bottom. <laughs> um so for back to our plot um so you're trying to catch a monster in this quarantine zone and then you find out that the monster you were trying to catch is fucked um and along the way peter and rocket accidentally like hit this like yellow gemstone thing and it breaks and it releases this weird fucked up like pointy monster i don't really know how to describe it it looks like you know those like those boards that you could put like the magnetic boards that you could put like a mustache or whatever on a on a dude it looks like <laughs> that but like a big oh, yeah. worm and yeah that's the vibe i was getting to like the kind i was thinking like those boards where like with like that are like pins or something you can like yeah. imprint your face or your hand yeah into yeah, it. yeah 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 it's it's stuff like that. It's like very like but moving around and it looks like you could like squish your hand into it kind of, but it would also it like glows purple on the inside. So it's like pretty fucked up. Um and then the Guardians of the Galaxy are just like, huh. And then they leave. Um 
they don't really deal with that in any significant way at the time. Um, and of course, after they leave the quarantine zone where they are not allowed to be, they get uh pulled over by the space cops, the Nova Corps. Um, and they get a big old ticket for being where they're not supposed to be. <laughs> um, and so then you have to uh the impetus for the game is basically being like, well, we have to make enough money to pay off this ticket. So then you decide that even though you don't have a monster for the Monster Queen, you're going to go try to sell either Rocket or Groot to her. Um, I chose to sell Groot. Um, Me too, yeah. Because of the two, I was like, Groot looks more like a monster. And I didn't realize that he was going to be so like easily broken. In terms of like <laughs> giving up the plan, um, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't realize that Groot was a fucking narc. Um, Does Rocket not give up the plan? I don't um, know. I sold Ro- so I sold Rocket the first time. Uh, basically, what happens is you you bring him to the Monster Queen. They do the big reveal, and she's like, "Oh my god, he's adorable!" And you're like, "No, no, no, he's very scary. He'll shoot you." And she's like, no, he's really cute. What do you, where's the real monster? What do you guys pull in here? And it's like, well, there's no trick. That's the monster we're trying to sell you. And she's like, okay, well, um, you guys are clearly pulling something. So I'm going to fuck off and you guys can uh, get killed by my guards or something. So she leaves and you have to like fight your way through her, through her base instead of sneaking through it. Mm-hmm. And the last boss fight is still the same. Okay. Yeah. So Groot, I guess, is technically the right choice. <laughs> I guess, yeah, technically he's the right choice. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. In the rocket path, in the rocket path, you you get locked into a big vault that starts filling up with poison gas, and the way you get the money, so you get like twelve thousand from Groot at max, I think. Um, the way you get that twelve thousand is while you're trying to escape from this room with poison gas, Peter's also running around trying to find loose coins on the floor. <laughs> And eventually, you gather enough money from the ground. Um, okay, you're fine, <laughs> and you and you escape from the poison gas room. That is so amazingly dumb. <laughs> wow, I mean, that's why you should sell Groot, I guess. I don't really yeah, remember. It's funny the that. Groot no. route because she like dunks on you for even trying it. Because Rocket is right in all of his arguments of why you shouldn't sell Groot. Because Groot apparently lasts for like an hour before he tells uh, the Monster Queen what you're actually doing. And yeah. it's just like, Groot, what? What are you doing? Yeah. Dude, what's it's, like, it's definitely like, uh, it, it has that zany aspect to it where you, you no one... Like, you know it's not going to work. <laughs> like, it's not... Yeah. It's not like, there's, like, no, never a question that it's going to fail miserably. Yeah, I think that's kind of the fun of it, though, is, like, you know... Because that's kind of the whole game, is, like, it just continues to be them, like, failing. Because, um, yeah, you piss off the Monster Queen. Uh, I, was, like, I was going to bring oh, up, yes. before we move forward, the... Uh, part in the Nova Corps was one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, the kind of adventure components where you're sneaking around the, or you're not sneaking around, I guess you're navigating the underbelly of their ship with the daughter. That's where you first meet. Um, the, oh, yeah. The young yeah. girl character who's a daughter of um, a Nova Corps commander that Quill's left with in the past. 
during the war that happened in the off screen. Um, and you you're basically just kind of wandering around. It's very it's a very slight kind of story delivery moment, which I thought was great. And I wish there was kind of more of that almost because it was such a great way to like to establish uh, Quill's character, um, a little bit of, of of the other characters, but also like uh, the the choices that you're allowed to make narratively, like in terms of dialogue, uh, are really fun because it really kind of it, it almost like has that like telltale Walking Dead feel where you have to make all these decisions, like all, all these like um, uh, kind of uh, quick responses before before uh, like while while action events are happening, that then help shape the character. And I, when I was playing it, uh, a lot of the a lot of the tension is especially when um, the mother comes through. She's just like you're you're caught between siding with the adult and the child. And Quill is so obviously an adult child <laughs> that is like it is so easy to role play as like that character where you're like you're like parents just don't understand like i know where you're coming from like i'm at your exact mental level uh so that was like really fun to experience and to like kind of uh it's just a really great little bit of uh of interactive storytelling i thought yeah really like a lot of uh peter's interactions with what is the little girl's name nikki 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 Gold. That's right. She has a dumb name. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked a lot of their interactions. Um, it's it's interesting to see Peter be that adult child and have it to navigate throughout the game, like which side of that he is on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nova Corps base is just interesting because, yeah, like after after you scam the fucking monster lady or I guess pick coins off of her floor. Um, you go to Novacore to like pay your fine, and then there's this weird guy like yelling in the hangar, and then it his his spaceship explodes, which knocks you in, which knocks Nikki down, and uh, Peter goes after her. Um, I think that's actually before. Is it? Yeah. So. You get out of the quarantine zone and you get rested and then you meet Nikki and the weird guy is yelling in the hangar. And then um, Corel slaps you with the fine, depending on whether you save the llama or the weapons. Right, right, right. And then you're like, okay, okay, we should probably go get some money from this monster queen. Yeah, and then you do your very bad heist. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and you're like, all right, ready to pay my fine now. But then it turns out that Nova Corps is abandoned. Yeah, you get... <laughs> yeah, you fucking get back to Novacore and it's just empty. Um, which then changes to eventually you start fighting Novacore folks that are very clearly like under some kind of mind control. Um, and eventually we kind of come to find out that uh the the man yelling in the hangar whose spaceship blew up is a churchy kind of guy. Uh, named yeah, a Raker, <laughs> named Raker, who uh, is looking for the next like prophet for his beliefs, basically. Um, and that is apparently uh, Nikki, and 
the the like quote unquote religion I guess that he proselytizes is called the promise which is basically like mind control that does the the old showing you your heart's greatest desire thing to trick you into submitting to it or whatever um so then the guardians get promise pilled um <laughs> One of them gets very promise-filled. <laughs> yeah, one of them gets super promise-filled. Um, I actually like, like, I mean, the this is, like, nothing new in storytelling, right? But I liked the way that they did it with Drax, because Drax is the one who ends up submitting to it and, like, wanting to live in the promise because he just wants to be with his wife and daughter again, um, who were killed by Thanos. I believe during the war. Um and yeah, I like that it was, you know, this multi kind of section story about Drax submitting to this thing because you know, people would and people do and I feel like when people when they use this, you know, trope a lot of the time it's the character the main character realizing that something's wrong and getting out of it but not showing, you know, like why that would be appealing to people. And I think Drax doing that really helps. And also I like the character building that we get with Gamora later when we find out why she knew that the promise was a lie. Um, mm. I thought that was like pretty solid, like a pretty solid moment for her. Um, but we do experience Peter's promise, which is, you know, like his mom didn't get murdered by aliens. Um, but you know you you snap out of it and then i think even more than that it's not just that his mom didn't get murdered is that he was able to protect her from the aliens oh yeah isn't it like... like yeah it's like the fully realized star lord guns when he's an adult and he knows how to use them and he knows how to fight um i, don't know, I think it's also like a neat bit of character building that like peter feels helpless which is the main impetus between uh, behind why he feels so much residual guilt over his mother's death yeah, uh, totally. He's like, it's basically like if Batman as a kid was like, had all his gadgets <laughs> and protected his parents. Like, it's very much like reliving that trauma um, in his like imagination. I was just going to note, uh, I had a funny experience with that moment just because like when you're in your fantasy and you need to resist it. I was playing like an early copy that had a bug where you could not escape your mother's hug. Oh my god, wait, that happened to me too. <laughs> okay, wait, so it's a bug I mean, that has not been fixed. Yeah, it's okay, so, <laughs> so you, you can't escape from your mother's hug, but when I was playing it, the prompt just did not come up, like uh, the button prompt that I needed to spam. <laughs> so I was playing like an Xbox controller on Steam, so I don't know if that's, mm -hmm. that's something to do with the issue, but yeah, I was playing it. And I kept just, like, walking back, and then she would, like, walk towards me and hug me. <laughs> and I was like, what am I supposed to do here? I, I know I'm not supposed to be giving in to my mother's hug, but mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like the game's letting me not do that, so I'm just gonna see how it goes. And then obviously I got a bad ending, because that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like a... It's not like... A, yeah, it's still... It, just like It basically just extends the fantasy a little bit further, so, like... Once she like kind of envelops you and you get, I guess, promised, then you're just playing 
you're you're just kind of doing a little like uh, wandering around your your house. It's very The Last of Us, um, mm-hmm. uh, where and then like all your friends are visiting, like all the guardians are there, like watching TV with you and your mom, and like... yeah, they're like hanging out with. <laughs> I loved the idea of like Drax chatting about cooking with <laughs> Peter's mom. Yeah, it was such a fun scene, and then it was game over. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. it's like the kind of scene you can only get because you don't know what button to press. Yeah, Yeah, I ended up getting that not because of a bug, but just because like I fought the hug at first. But Mm -hmm. then like it kept going anyway. And so I didn't realize you had to like keep doing the action over and over again. So I was just like, oh, am I supposed to just like, is there supposed to be something after this that I'm supposed to do to break out of it? Mm -hmm. And then I got the bad ending um so it's fine i mean it's kind of I interesting that, yeah it's kind of interesting that that is like was so it's such a great bit of user interaction because it's like it does play with the theme of it where it's like he does want to be sucked into it um so like there's that part of it like you could read it as something where they didn't want it to be such a clean cut like press x to resist hug moment yeah um I think just overall the promise stuff is really interesting because it's everything about it is kind of based on like grief and um and having lost someone. I think all the guardians have lost someone except maybe Rocket, but he didn't have anyone to begin with, which is kind of the sad part as well. He did. He lost his cellmate. Oh yeah, Rocket. Yeah. Girl, girl Rock, <laughs> Rocket. Shoehorned in Rocket. <laughs> But yeah, even Raker was pretty much just doing this because he wanted to get his son back. And we also find out that Nikki got sucked into it. And Nikki basically became the messiah because um, she caught, she watched her mother die. And um, the oh, weird yeah. metal, metallic creature, like, absorbed into her and took control ask. of her or something. Because, like, so the whole bit with this, right, is that sometime after she arrests you... Coral goes into the quarantine zone and Nikki has stowed away, which is why, you know, she then sees her mom get fucked up by the pointy monster thing. Um, do we know why Coral and them like went into the quarantine zone? I don't remember. Maybe it was like to check if the guardians had fucked anything up, which they had. Um yeah. so it answered. <laughs> yeah it's true it's like i think that because you see them fly in right like at the in, after the intro like when the guardians are released from their miniature or their mini prison sentence and like uh the the Novacore ship then flies into the quarantine zone so you get i guess you see them do it they don't really explain why i think they're just yeah it's assumed they're just trying to clean up your mess yeah, okay. Because I was wondering about that, like, when I finished, and they were, you know, like, doing the whole kind of, like, cinematic of what happened when Nikki saw all of it. I was like, why did they go in there? Um, because of us. <laughs> which, we were the yeah. problem. Literally, we caused everything. Yeah. I guess I could have had, like, one line with, like, where they were just, like, uh, that. I guess, like, you know, like, there's something in there you should look at. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my thought and, uh, process is uh, just... You guys better take a look at this. Yeah. Like, my thought process, I guess, is just like, well, that place is already fucked up. If they fuck something up in there, just... <laughs> it's fine. It's You're not supposed to go in there anyway. Yeah, um... 
speaking of the quarantine zone, so something pretty interesting about the way you accidentally released that metal monster is it's because of the the competition you have with Rocket. Um, which okay, so how, first of all, how did you guys fare in your competition with Rocket? I beat that little bastard. <laughs> yeah, I think I beat him. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's designed so that you're like you have to you're you're at a tie by the time you reach the bit with the mm. with the monster um, because it incentivizes you to shoot faster. <laughs> um. So you can't, so you literally can't skip it. Um. Oh, but no. yeah, I the first time. Um, as a backstory, I don't play with controller very often, but I figured this is a game that I should be using controller for. So the first time, I did not beat Rocket um, because it took me so long to like turn and aim everything. Um, but the second time I did, and he like gives himself extra points. I think to get him to get you to like fifty fifty by the time you reach the uh, by the time you reach the one that you have to shoot that has the monster in it. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. It's like it kind of makes it kind of brings the player into that. You're like, oh shit, I gotta beat this guy. So you're very frantic about shooting it. You don't even think first. And then yeah, later on you're like, damn, if only I hadn't been so eager to beat Rocket in that game. Mm. Yeah, it's a great like uh me- like mechanical um support structure for the for the narrative where it's like it, they tie in together. Um and it, and also like yeah, like, like kind of encourages you to like embody the character of Quill, who like and the rocket to that extent, where it's like just these completely reckless children, like mm-hmm. uh, like treating dangerous space debris like their playground. I think this game does a good job of like having those little mechanical supports, like even in that the way that the fine happens is impacted by like if you hit the llama or the um what's it called the gear the like stolen shit um mm-hmm. what did you all hide i um, had the llama <laughs> i, I also hit the llama it's my friend why would i yeah. give him up the llama is my best friend i already have guns i don't need more <laughs> yeah you couldn't use them so what's the point Exactly. Do you, they but do they find the llama, you more for the guns? Yes, I think they do. Mm. So I mean, llama <laughs> empirically correct choice. <laughs> but yeah, it it is like cool how much like even though like it obviously like it's still a linear game like but I think the way it uh, allows you a bit of flexibility now and how. You, you shaped a narrative like just like giving it flavor is great and it always like feels really fairly natural and like not like and like and like we're, what we've been mentioning is like there's there, there i guess there are empirically good choices or choices that like are correct or incorrect but it doesn't obviously like make an impact it's really just how you tell your own story which i think is uh the right way to go for something like this where it's like you're, you're still kind of um getting uh or experiencing a linear story but you're getting to like add a bit of flavor here and there. Yeah, I'm. I think that's pretty like evident. That's the most evident on nowhere, which is like basically a nightclub planet. Um, but it's also ahead. The coolest mm-hmm. thing about nowhere <laughs> is that it's a severed, fucking like old <laughs> god head that they built a city in. <laughs> that's run by a dog. I mean, 
It just keeps it's, piling on. It's so good. You yeah. walk through a labyrinth <laughs> of brains. The brains are great. Like I thought it was Udon when I was walking through. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it. I mean, to be fair, Gamora does also mention the noodles, so that's a fair thing to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also... Okay, um, did you guys spend money on Nowhere? I don't think so. Where could okay. you have spent money? Um, okay, okay well, <laughs> now I feel like kind of an idiot, because, okay, I spent a lot of money on Nowhere. <laughs> Because I thought to myself, yeah, I mean, I'm not paying this fine anyway. There's no one to take it. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy shit. Um, there's a black market dealer who's like, who's like, hey, uh, if you give me 3,000 credits, I can give you a device that will remove the Nova, the Nova suppressor or whatever from your ship. And I was like, mm, okay, I believe you. I trust you. He was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I, that guy seems trustworthy to me. So then I, I gave him my money and he gave me a thing. Um, and then I also like, um, I was looking for collectibles. So there's like the museum that is full of like Marvel paraphernalia, basically. And you have to buy a ticket to get in if you don't meet lipless, um, which I didn't because I accidentally skipped over the bar scene and you can't get it back after you've gone past it. So I was like, okay, I want to go in. I want to get this collectible for my good friend Gamora. Um, so I went in. It's like 5,000 credits for entrance and then like another 2,000 or something to get a doll for Gamora. So I paid wow. that. Yeah, and it's pretty <laughs> steep. Damn. It's pretty steep, You're honestly. Real, I don't think it was High roller. I know, You're it was not worth friend, it, to be honest. Bonnie. The doll really? was worth it, but going into the museum was not worth it, because I was looking at all the stuff, I was reading all the descriptions, and I was thinking, wow, if I liked Marvel, I bet I would be having a great time right now, <laughs> reading all this extra lore, but I don't know what any of this is. Um, so yeah, basically I spent all my money on Nowhere, uh, after you get off the planet, eventually... As you find out, you do get to pay your fine to, like, the god of Novacore or whatever. Um, or something like that. I don't remember. It, it, it's, it's like, at, the, like the, it, world what is it the world mind. The world mind, yeah. Mind. Yeah, this giant face that's floating in space and, like, controls all of Novacore. And then it's like, oh, you want to pay your fine? And I was like, oh, fuck. I do want to pay <laughs> my fine, but I spent $5,000 getting into a museum that I got nothing from. <laughs> and the body was like, I do want to yeah. pay my fine. Yeah, I, I, was, I, am I was on my way to pay the fine. I was, I was going to, but nobody <laughs> let me pay the fine. And then I just thought I couldn't pay the fine anymore. So I used it on something else. But now I know I can pay the fine. If I had known, I would have paid my fine. I promise. <laughs> but that is not a dialogue option. So you can only just like not pay the fine. And then like after you do that, Gamora's like, did you spend all our money on nowhere? And it's like, Yes. Yeah, so good. It That's was for awesome. your doll, though. <laughs> That's and so I much mean, more than paying the fine. That is clearly the way. Did to go. it for you? <laughs> yeah. I did it for you, Gamora. And honestly, it was worth it because that scene was very heartwarming. Or mm. maybe heartwarming is the wrong word. It it gave a lot of depth to Gamora, I think, and it kind of made me emotional. So you do worth gain something. Every penny, from it. worth every credit. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think nowhere is where we left off, Ty. Right. After yes, to continue uh, the story so it doesn't fall completely off the rails. Oh yes. <laughs> um. So right. Okay. So you go to nowhere because after after you know 
see in the fucked up Nova Corps because Peter is convinced that Cosmo, who is a telepathic Russian based dog that runs nowhere, uh, will be able to do something about what happened. <laughs> um, so you go through a lot of trouble to get to Cosmo on nowhere. And then when you finally do get to him, um, he's basically like, yeah, this is kind of above my pay grade. Um, you guys should go talk to the world mind or something. He sends them like, it's another continuation of like, I'm not the right guy to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, he sends them, I think he sends them to like another Nova base where you find out more about what's happening. Like you mm-hmm. find out they're harvesting energy. Oh yeah, there's like the it was contraxia. I think I'm remembering this only because I was continuing my new game plus run last night. So yeah, it's um you get to this place and you find out they've got this like giant contraption that they're sucking energy out of and like putting it into big batteries and you don't know what they're using it for though. Yeah, um, and so from there, what happens after that? You like. Oh, from there, you're basically, after seeing how fucked Contraxia is, you're basically like, okay, we need an army. Who do we know that has an army? And the, <laughs> and the only person that they know who has an army is the Monster Queen. So they're like, well, shit. She's really pissed off at us. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we got her Fin Fang Foom? Which is funny because Drax has been talking about <laughs> catching Fin and like, killing Fin Fang Foom this entire time. Like, that was what he wanted to do the whole time. Um, <laughs> and so you're like, yes, Drax, we're actually gonna go fucking get Fin Fang Foom. Um, <laughs> and he is so he, hyped. <laughs> yeah, he's so stoked. Drax is, like, so hyped. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, before that, did we, Wait, this... Did we talk about Drax and Mantis and the promise pilling? Okay, so you meet Mantis on Nowhere at first, and she's kind of a weirdo, but like in a in a fun, cool way. Um, and then she disappears. Um, and then after that, I think after Contraxia, you find out that um Raker is in, in control of this whole weird religion, and Nikki is now their messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, Nikki, we're gonna get you out of there. And she's like, but I don't wanna get out of here because yeah. I want my mom back. And then she shows you the promise. And then you try to break out of your mother's hug. In some cases, you fail. Uh, in some cases, you succeed. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, after that, you, you're kind of like, all right, fuck, we got to do something about this. Um, I think you go, do you go look for, actually, I don't think you look for um, Golden Guy. I don't remember his name. <laughs> oh, it's like Adam. Adam. <laughs> it's Adam. Golden Guy. Just Adam. It's Adam, Adam something. Me. Adam. <laughs> it's something like that. Adam Warlock. Adam oh, yeah. Warlock. Yeah. I don't go. think you specifically go looking for him yet. But yeah, Drax gets severely promise pilled. Um, and the llama and he locks you all in your rooms, and the llama chews a hole in the side of your room so you can <laughs> escape. And redemptions you out. <laughs> exactly. Like guns can't do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> You, you're like, all right, we got to fix this guy's. He has got to take his normal pills. Uh, so you take him to see Adam Warlock, and uh, Mantis is there also. <laughs> and Mantis 
kind of sits on Drax's back. She literally and, just, um, like, she, like, sloth wraps around him. Yeah, and, and like, hooks into his brain <laughs> and leads him along with you guys. Yeah, uh, is Drax a mech? I think he counts. I he mean, she, yeah, I think he counts. We don't know the extent to which she was controlling him. He's like an Evangelion robot. Yeah, I mean, she was like, I feel like she was hooked into his brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, she can control with her mantis things. With her mantis powers. <laughs> but yeah, they find Adam Warlock, and then, like, there's, you play a whole chapter, I think, inside Drax's brain. Yes. Where you fight Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> you fight Thanos, and then you fight more Thanoses, and then you realize the way to beat Thanos in Drax's brain is to stop fighting, because you have to accept that you're not going to beat Thanos. Yeah, especially because Thanos is Thanos is dead, Drax. Yep, and so is his wife and daughter. So you help him come to terms with that. And I have to say, it's pretty brutal that the that to overcome the promise, you have to kill the person that you want to bring back from the dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, impactful. Because uh, yeah, as Peter, you have to shoot your mom to be like, I, I want to get out of here. Um, yeah, not yeah. that as, as getting over your guilt. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, exactly. creating yeah. A new, uh, creating a yeah, new I love memory. yeah, I love that they're like, oh, like you have to come to terms with this thing, and then you have to create new trauma by murdering <laughs> yeah. them yourself. Hey, I mean, no one said that the promise was fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the price you pay, but fuck. Way in the other direction. Way overcorrect for it. Yeah. yeah way overcorrect. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it, it like, is brutal with um, Peter's mom, but I feel like it's harder with Drax just because you have to do them both. Like, yeah, he like stabs <laughs> his wife and his daughter simultaneously while like hugging, hugging them. them. So it's a little bit traumatizing, I would guess. Yeah. But it no, he's, fine. he's fine now. He's okay now. He's he's, he's good those were, he took his, he's become normaler. So he comes out of there <laughs> and he's like, All right, sorry guys. My bad. That was crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh let's save the galaxy now. And then yeah, they go find Fin Fang Foom, I think. To appease yeah. the monster. There's there is a point at some point between in this sequence when they go talk to the world mind. Uh so I think it's probably right before Fin Fang Foom, because the world mind's like, I'm not helping you. Um, and they're like trying to kind of enlist help, and and then like, so they they're just like we have no other option but to to go back to the Monster Queen. Oh yeah, I liked this scene a lot because I liked that it kind of there's this through line of like Peter realize like trying to I don't know like align himself with the right side of things and like you know like be on like the right side of the law quote unquote, but then like him just like consistently seeing where Nova Corps falls short and that kind of being solidified when the world mind is like it's already fucked like I'm gonna run away because like it can't, <laughs> it can't get me and he's like are you joking like what um and I liked that through line because it's not like I think it's it, it, there's an interesting thing at play with like how his relationship to Corel factors into all of this, but I like that the game does not shy away from being like Nova Corps are like not the good guys here. They like may not be the villains, but like they are not the hero. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it is interesting because that kind of creates a, a rift within the Guardians too. Because Peter is always like, guys, we gotta 
we gotta find the Nova Corps, we gotta save Nikki, we gotta pay our fine, and Rocket's like, you fucking narc. Why do you love the <laughs> cops so much? Um, yeah. yeah that's, that's like, it creates like a, a big rift between them that needs to be repaired later on. Yeah, essentially, they're basically like, if you're looking inside Han Solo's mind, <laughs> and like, they're just like the different elements of his psyche arguing with each other. It's like, no, we gotta help help him out be like you know be a hero it's like no we are like a bounty hunter we are like uh we are a scoundrel it's like this kind of endless like kind of squabbling of like that exact archetype of like the the lovable scoundrel essentially yeah and i do like that they grounded that kind of in the reality of like not that they had to do it because it was technically the right thing to do for nova Corps, but because like nikki is literally a child <laughs> Like and, yeah. at, and at this point, also Quill's like pretty convinced that she's his child. Yeah. Um. Like she, I think, I think like Gamora has. We come to see like Gamora has her own like baggage around Raker and Nikki, but like, yeah, the main thing is like Quill does think that he's Nikki's dad because like the math, uh, lines up in theory for, uh when he banged her mom. But also we don't know what a Kree gestation period is, so who could say? <laughs> you would hope that Quill would know, but he probably would not. I think they say in the game that he doesn't know. Oh, yeah. I think there's uh, there's like a prompt with Drax, I think, where you can like talk about it and he's like, yeah. Do you know? And Peter's <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like you look at uh Nikki's file and Drax is like, does it match the typical Cree gestation period? And Peter's <laughs> like, wow, I don't know. Why are you asking me? Um, but yeah, um, basically for the whole game, you're like, all right, this kid's probably my daughter. I think there's like a few other hints at it. Like in her room, there's a bottle of hair dye, which I think was the most glaring one. Which is oh, like, oh, does she also, have like human hair or something? <laughs> yeah, there's also the fact that like, yeah, they allude to the fact that like, uh, Corel is hiding her because she doesn't match the like Kree's genetic purity standards, which if Corel had um had a kid with a human would apply to her. Um, and then two, like it seems like I think you find stuff in Nikki's room too at some point that indicates that she thinks that Peter is her dad. Yeah. Um, on a computer. So yeah, the the game is very much like. Peter's her dad. <laughs> um, so yeah, it 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 ultimately I do like that it comes down to though like Nikki is a kid and Nikki is probably Peter's kid and that's enough of a reason to like to do this like Nova Corps aside, but also because uh more and more they're realizing like ooh this is gonna be real bad if it keeps expanding. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the Han Solo comparison was really interesting, actually, because for Han for a character like Han Solo, there's usually like a moral compass around him to kind of steer him in that direction. But for Guardians of the Galaxy, none of them are the moral compass. They're yeah. all kind of morally ambiguous. So you need something like Nikki being a child, and maybe probably Peter, this child. To be like such a clearly that they have to stick by it. Yeah. yeah. And I like that they like have different ways of right. Because like Gamora is so focused 
focused on not letting Raker kid Rocket that like, you know, kind of pushes that over the edge um, in a lot of ways and like kind of forces Rocket to be like, to reevaluate what is at stake, I guess. I mean, I think um, with Rocket, it's really just like, he doesn't, he, like, he's there because, for the friendship, ironically, right? Like, he doesn't want to be alone. Like, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and the Guardians are his way to not be, like, on his own. With, I mean, at least with Groot, I guess. But, but he's, like, t- he's doing it for them. Like, he's not doing it because he cares about Nikki. Yeah. I love Rocket and Groot's friendship in the game, too. I would also say, um, to your point, Bonnie, about the moral compass, I think Groot is the moral compass, but I think he is hamstringed by the fact that, you know, Groot, or Rocket is the only one who understands him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I I never thought about that, but I think it's quite funny to think of Groot being like, we should do this, it's the right thing, and Rocket just being like, I'm not translating that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he would! You know he would do yeah. that. Like, it's... Yeah, it just, it feels uh, like... That was also why the sequel was so bad, because they made Groot like a little annoying teenager. I was like, oh, ugh. Oh, yeah. Groot is Vin Diesel. <laughs> this is Groot. Let, let him be Groot. Like that, like that character, like that character is so fun. And then you turned him into like nothing. And it was like, yeah. I mean, Groot. I think that in the game too, Groot is one of the characters who just feels a lot more like less of a, of a, of a gimmick in the games uh, or in the game rather than the movies. Because. Mm-hmm. You know, they they touch they touch on how he he's like literally the last of his kind, so he's experienced enormous loss as well. Um, and yeah, just the way that he and Rocket communicate with each other and then with the player, just feels a lot more like these people would actually like each other. Um, and that there's a lot more history behind the two of them. Um, I especially like to when Rocket is the one like you know, arguing with Peter and saying that he doesn't want to, you know, explore what's going on in Novacore or whatever. Groot is, like, arguing with him, and we only get that, you know, through Rocket arguing back. Um, So you kind of have to fill in what Groot is saying, but, like, Groot is the one being like, bro, we gotta figure out what the fuck is going on here, man. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, um... Where were we in the plot again? Right, we 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 find Fin Fang Foom. Um, we accidentally kill it. Uh, but then it turns <laughs> out Groot can bring things back to life. <laughs> realize His final that, power. Like, I yeah. didn't realize that we had like killed killed Fin Me Fang Foom. <laughs> okay, it's, um, it's literally face, until like, like one, right? yeah, that's what I thought. And then Groot like healed him and made him like okay again. And then I read the description. Of the ability, because, like, that's the mechanic is everybody, like, when they have their big, like, emotional story beat moment, they unlock their, like, ultimate, and this is Groot's, and I read the description in the menu, and it said something about, like, after killing Fin Fang Foom, and I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so you kill Fin Fang Foom, Monster Queen shows up, is not happy about it at all. She's pissed. And then Groot's like, it's okay, wiggles his fingers, brings it back to life, and she's like, alright, fine, you guys are okay, I guess. Um, you won me over by killing my pet and reanimating it. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, she she agrees to lend her forces 
for the big nondescript battle. That battle is so funny. <laughs> yeah, the whole like, time I was like, what are we fighting? <laughs> and then just like the way, like basically, yeah, so you go back to fight, to, to do kind of a final standoff with the um, the church people. And, but then like all the people who uh, said they wouldn't come, come through. So like uh, Cosmo comes through in nowhere and you're like, this doesn't seem physically possible. <laughs> like he's teleports yeah, in. He drives the head. And it's going so fast, like for like a planet sized head. Oh. Um, and just like zooming around and shooting things. Yeah. Cosmo, actually, we forgot to mention Cosmo gets promise pilled for a bit too. He yeah. doesn't show up to the final battle if you don't unpromise pill him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a, I didn't know that you could not like unpromise pill him. I, yeah, I think Yeah, I think you picked the wrong dialogue options, then he just gets stuck in it, which is kinda sad. So good at convincing, I guess. Yeah. He yeah, basically Cosmo's like, I want to go home, I want to be with human family, be normal dog again. And then and then you're like, you can't. It's 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 never gonna happen again, Cosmo. Sorry. And then he and he's like, yes, I must be strong leader yeah. for nowhere or whatever. And then like he I, comes back. And he has his he has uh, pups. So it's like, think yeah. of your pups. I was yeah. like, I was like, bro, your babies. You have literal <laughs> babies. Everybody's having babies in this game. Everyone's growing up. Exactly. And then um and then yeah, he he snaps out of it and then he, he leads he brings all of nowhere to the last fight. Yeah, he brings the literal head nowhere to the I feel like if, I, if i lived in nowhere i would not be happy about that <laughs> absolutely not yeah it's it's because it's a similar idea to like if aria took omega to fight the reapers <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's like um yeah and in the last fight there's a bunch of big fights that you get to skip or like that you don't get that you don't have to go through because your allies come and kind of blast everyone for you so it's pretty nice to go into a room with like a million big aliens and it's like, oh fuck, this is gonna take forever. And then the Monster Queen just shows up and incinerates them all. It's like, oh, okay. It's well. also great because the Monster Queen is just like riding Fin Fang Foom and she has no space gear on. She's just yeah. like free balling it in her armor, just out in the void of space on this dragon. Um, and yeah, I guess she's not a human, but like, yeah, dang, I don't know. What but species she's just, is she? Yeah, I don't know what her deal she's is. That but... much of a badass. She doesn't need to, to breathe oxygen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a cowardly visual design. Which is quite <laughs> funny because, like, I feel like when anyone else is exposed to just the void of space, they start to disintegrate. But she's fine. There's yeah. even a scene where, like, I can't even remember which part it is, but like. You all get like thrown out into space, right? And yeah. you like, start to kind of freeze you, like, and disintegrate. You, yeah, you start to like become frozen. And then meanwhile, this bitch is just out here in like a leotard that like is technically <laughs> armor, like on a dragon and just like is fine. She's just that cool. Ugh. But yeah, but there is a um... really funny scene where, uh, oh, Rocket like steals your, or Rocket convinces Peter to give mm -hmm. him his like Walkman. 
Um, and then he reveals that it's like to use it as a distraction to kind of pull the Nova Corps ships away so that they can sneak into the uh the 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 place, the Nova Corps place. Yeah, um, Rocket's like, Don't worry, you'll get it back. And then like he sends it off and Peter's like, Okay, when do I get it back? And Rocket's like, Oh, um uh, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's actually just in the void of space now forever. Um, yeah, that was a pretty good troll. <laughs> yeah, um, we we engage in some tomfoolery, so. <laughs> um, but then there's a really fun scene where uh, the fucking monster queen shows up on Fin Fang Foom and is like, Peter Quill, I believe this is yours. And she fucking throws it to him. And he like jumps up with his rocket boots and she's like behind him on the dragon. And there's like lasers going off. And um, so good. And he's and I'm even so like, "So glad I didn't miss that quick time event." <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like very silly and and like self indulgent. And I liked that the game was like, "Yeah, this is silly and self indulgent." Wait, um, yeah, can, I mean that's everything to do with the it? Walkman, though. Can you catch it easily? Yeah, I did. I did not. I definitely missed it. <laughs> oh, but it, it was like, but that adds to it because then he like, he like kind of um completely whiffs it and then like it lands on the ground that's pretty Um, funny as well actually um yeah no i caught it in mine so in mine he like freeze frames for a second with it in his hand and then he's like that's so or that was so and then gamora's like metal and he's like yeah and i was (laughs) like i'm i'm saying i'm really glad i didn't mess that one up because earlier in the game uh there was a quick time event that i messed up four times uh because i'm not used first of all i'm not used to a controller. I don't know where the buttons are, so I can't press them quickly on command. Mm. Um, and second of all, I didn't realize you had to wait until the circle goes in to press it at the right time. So at mm. the part where you dive over the edge of the railing to save Nikki, I literally fell over <laughs> into the void four times before I realized, oh, wait, I have to wait and I have to press triangle or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, cool. uh, yeah. But I'm glad I hit that one. And yes. to your point about it being very indulgent, Ty, it's that's pretty much everything to do with the Walkman. Like we haven't even talked about the fact that the Walkman is in the game as a mechanic. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think it's awesome. It's like so cheesy, but I love it so much every time. Uh, so basically, when you like build up a meter that you get while fighting, um, when you build it up, you 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 get the option to huddle up with your teammates. So basically, in the middle of the fight. Everyone just stops fighting. Your friends come over to you, and then they start saying some stuff, and you gotta say the right thing back to them to like give them a pep talk and big them back up again and be like, "Let's get back in there and fight with all we've got." And they're like, "Yeah, let's go." And then you go back into the fight. Everyone gets a little bit of a damage bonus, and one and of the get, licensed like, songs. Too. Yeah, and then one of the one of the licensed '80s songs that they have plays in the background for the rest of the fight. Um. And I don't know. I just never got sick of that. I thought it was so fun every time. Yeah, it's really it's really well done. Um, it's like it's just it's really fun. Uh, also, when you pick the wrong thing, and their 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 expressions are just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You called us out here for this. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of subtle, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but I mean, the, this not the not the yeah, not not the action itself. But there's nothing subtle about that. But their expressions are like well well animated. Yeah. I mean all the all the expressions are so well animated in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Like there wasn't even a single. I don't think there was even a single time where I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a weird animation." Um, everything just felt very well done. It's probably like the best game that I've played so far for that. Hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job with like all the facial animations and the characters, um, and like especially for characters that are like sort of movie characters, but then not. And like, there's so much of a there's so much danger of it just feeling like. Uh, the cheap version of the movie, mm-hmm. like just like the fact that they, just like I think the the, the polish they added to it, and, and like the way they they wrote for them, and like this all, everything that went into it, they still end up feeling really like grounded. I think. Yeah, and um, while we're on the subject of like characterization and mechanics, the way that you can solve puzzles by asking your friends to do stuff, I loved that as well. Um, particularly where you can ask Drax to just pick up anything and put it anywhere else um, mm-hmm. and have Gamora go up on the wall to like grab <laughs> you and throw you up because you can't go up that far with just your boots. I don't know. I Those parts, I, I didn't know how they were going to be executed, but they were very seamless, I feel like, um, which is really impressive because I feel like there could have been a lot of potential for jankiness there, but it was always very seamlessly done. And uh, just felt just felt nice because in a lot of other RPGs, you just have like a party of like two people or three people. Um, but for this game, you have your whole crew with you there the whole time, except for like one or two instances where you get left on your own or one or one member splinters off to do their own thing. Um, but yeah, it kind of just it it kind of throughout the game you start to feel like yeah this is this is my this is my gang this is my family. We are the guardians of the galaxy. And yeah. it's like the the dysfunction of it is great too. Like where they're like <laughs> there's like nonstop talking in the game and and like when you go off on your own to like or if you go off in the wrong direction to f- try and find a puzzle, like Rocket will call you out. Yeah. <laughs> or, if you, or if you tell like Gamora to like lift the rock, for example, she'll just be like, What what are you talking about? Like there's like it is there's just enough like functionality to it to make yeah to kind of like give it that level of polish where it's like like it feels like they're interacting to you in in a natural way per their characters and per the like the way they're written which is great because like so often games just save all the characters the characterization for the cutscenes um and for like non for the non you know like player interactive moments like but the fact that the levels are like designed in a way that you have to constantly interact with your teammates. It's actually really cool and it's pretty rarely done. Yeah. I also like how it's not just like a, a point and click thing all the time. Like there are times when, you know, like rockets thing is he hacks the um, computer terminals to open doors for you or like he'll go through tiny little like spaces and there are times when he tells you to fuck off. And there are times where he, t- like, tells you he won't do it. Um, yeah. And then eventually, too, like, towards the end of the game, eventually you don't even have to ask Groot to do bridges anymore. He just does it. Um, and, like, Rocket will comment on it and be like, oh, like, it's nice to see you taking the initiative or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I like that those actions, like, are a tool, but are also, like, part of the characters and, like kind of give them agency to a degree um just in like those little ways i think it's very neat yeah for sure 
I just, I think it's, I also like, like how you mentioned now, when you, when you go off to like get a collectible or, or just like explore another area, they're like, where are you going? That is not the way to go. Yeah. They're like, what the um, fuck are you yeah. doing? When you're using them to get to those places. Yeah. Like, really? You made me, you made me like throw you up this sled just so you can like pick up a piece of like clothing essentially. Yeah. Like, there's a, yeah, there's actually like a really nice point where you're on your way to the monster queen for the first time where you can go into like a little a little cave to get some collectible and rocket kind of follows you into the cave and separate from the rest of the group he's like i think okay this was i did this on my run where i chose to sell groot so we were kind of alone in the cave away from the rest of the group and he was like hey just between you and me i don't think we should sell groot like i don't think he's gonna do well in there and i'm gonna worry about him uh, i think you should sell me mm. instead so later on, maybe consider changing your decision. Uh, and then you so get out cute. of the cave and Groot's like, what? Groot's like, I am Groot. Which presumably means, like, what happened in there? And Rocket's like, no, no don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think just little moments like that made the game really... It felt very fully realized. It felt like it's not just play, like characters responding to things that you do. They were kind of moving around by themselves, too. Which I found was very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I also liked um, just in terms of the collectible thing, like when the characters call Peter out, he like responds to it and acknowledges it. Like he'll say like, oh, I'm like, I'm just scouting or like, I'm just checking it out. Like, leave me alone. Um, I enjoyed that also. Um, But going back to the to the plot. Um, you do the epic moment with the monster queen and your Walkman, or you fuck it up, depending, I guess. <laughs> um, and then from there, it's a lot of <laughs> fighting big old uh hordes of of guys, um, to eventually get to Raker. Um, which did you all in the like the first time that? You're trying to get to Raker. Did you all let Gamora go get him? I yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, I did too. And so if you do that, uh, when she comes back, she has his fucking arm. Um, <laughs> which then in your boss fight with him, uh, it, according to like the little text at the top of the screen, it says that he's like weakened because of that. Um. I don't know if that makes the fight any easier, but it probably does. Yeah, like, just laying on like a very tangible way. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. I had a hard time with that fight in general, anyway. So I, I have, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I would assume it makes it more difficult. Um, and yeah, oh, and there's like there's along the way, you also find out that like Adam Warlock and raker like had a weird relationship where raker viewed him as a god or whatever and then the like spiky monster basically was like a part of adam warlock that was a shitty asshole and it separated and became like its own thing uh in the soul stone or whatever that yellow rock is um 
and Raker is like still worshiping the I think it's called like Magus and like it's responsible for the promise and Raker is still invested in that and like mm-hmm. thinks that uh Adam Warlock is I don't know like a false prophet I guess kind of or like a fallen god um and all of this is yeah like what Bonnie said he wants his his dead son back so, so yeah, yeah. Who's that and um god the end is kind of a blur to me I feel like so you beat Raker um and then you save Nikki you help yeah, her you come to, to terms like... with it yeah, you have like, to, like Nikki's know... promise is that she's like throwing a birthday, a surprise birthday party for her mom, and you're there as well because you know she imagines you as her dad. Um, and you have to help her come to terms with the fact that her mom is dead. And uh, did you guys yeah. get that one the first time? Because I did not. It took me a few tries. I I think I got it the first time. It's, I think that scene where you have to, like, destroy a bunch of stuff, it's a little bit unclear exactly yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I just truly was walking around, like, trying to remember all the things. Because, like, there's, like, the first time you do this scene, you have to set up the birthday party the way that Nikki wants it. So then, like, when mm-hmm. you're destroying it, you have to destroy all the stuff that you brought out originally. And so I was, like, just trying to remember all the shit that she had you do the first times, because I was like, okay, well, clearly we have to do something with all this stuff. But I was like, oh, fuck, I don't remember all the things. Um, I think I did I think, get it on yeah. the first try, but I, it took me a while just because I was, like, wandering around trying to remember where shit was. Yeah, I think for me, it, like, the, the difficult part was actually the conversation that happens at the very end. I mean, it wasn't difficult, it's just, like, kind of it was it was interesting because it was like I think it I liked the way that it was written because at first uh you know after you destroy everything you're just kind of trying to talk her out of it like there you know there is an option to come at it from an angle of like I've been there because he literally has <laughs> like it's like oh, a, there's, yeah. there's, there's like and a then shared, she's like you don't get it and you're like you're right I don't get it <laughs> appreciate that. Um, so then, yeah, like she, yeah, it was like, actually, I was like, okay, so it's actually not about like trying to say like, like, yeah, like what you're feeling is the same as what I'm feeling. It's more about what you're feeling is terrible and it's going to be terrible for a long, long time. And like, it's, it's more about like kind of recognizing that and not letting it and not trying to in any way, like smooth it over or, or make it into something more palatable, like just kind of like embracing the, the raw grief which I thought was really interesting. Um, and it was something that came through from, from interacting with the, the narrative options. Yeah. I liked this section because the other thing that you find out is that like, it, it's, in, or it's kind of said earlier in the game, but it like becomes explicit here that like Corel is dead, but a part of her, soul has been like trapped in the soul stone or whatever because of nikki's grief um and so like she and peter do get to have a conversation and kind of do get to like have their own closure with each other um which then kind of enables peter to you know help nikki get to that point as well um and i liked it because this i'm pretty sure like that's the part where 
Corel explains to uh, Peter that Nikki isn't his daughter. Um, she's actually a war orphan, so she's technically not Corel's like genetic daughter either. Um, and she's you know been hiding her because she was supposed to kill her and decided not to. Um, and so like, yeah, from there, but it's still kind of like. It's still that expression of, like, just because you're not her, like, dad, that doesn't mean that she doesn't need you. And, like, now that you've come to terms with this, like, you need to help her do it, too. Um, and I just thought it was really well written and nice. Yeah. And um, after you free Nikki, she becomes, like, a like a fire superhero. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually know what her deal is after that. She kind of transforms into, her like, Her hair a, is on fire. Yeah, her hair is it's on fire. Marveled. <laughs> Yeah, she she gets Marvelified, um, <laughs> but she's she's still Nikki, and I think the and then you do you fight the the metal monster? I don't remember. Yes, you fight, you fight the metal monster. Oh, oh wait, no. So you it seems like it's gonna end, and then fucking because Adam Warlock <laughs> like Adam Warlock absorbs, absorbs it. He's like, yeah, yeah he's fine. I can do it. Yeah, he absorbs him. Yeah, and then he starts having indigestion on the fucking ship, and it turns out that he does not have it. Uh, and so then Magus like takes over, so you have to fight him. Um, and then after that, you like finally, you know, get Adam Warlock back in control. And then you just let him do it again. And I was like, I don't agree with this. (laughs) Oh, another interesting bug actually in the last fight. Um if you miss the quick time event, which I did uh, in the climactic final moment of the game, uh, it softlocks you. So basically, I don't think that's supposed to happen. So basically, you just stand there, you can't move, and you're just looking at giant Adam Warlock, who's looking back at you, not doing anything, just kind of standing there. So you have to reset the game at that point. Oh my god. Yeah, kind of <laughs> takes the wind out of the climax of the game. But um, other than that... <laughs> It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting fight. Mm. Yeah, it's um it's a cool fight in terms of just like the different ways that you kind of have to navigate around the area to like beat his ass. Um but yeah, you like afterwards you let him absorb Magus again. And I was like, I don't agree with this. I don't I don't support this decision. Um, but I guess in the absence of any other option. <laughs> well, because I guess the, the what was the other option that they were thinking about was like destroying it. And I was like, why could we not simply like, I don't know, put it in a box and throw the box into space? It belongs because in that's a museum. what happened last time. <laughs> that's what happened last time. And we opened the box. Well, what so. if, I just, I feel like we didn't explore enough options other than let That's this true. idiot do it again. You know what? That's a good point, Yusuf. They put they should have put it in the museum because, as I found out, <laughs> nobody else other than me would pay 5,000 credits to get in there. Yeah. It's a super so. expensive museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so see, there we go. And then you just raise the rates every year. No yeah. one's going to get it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so you let Adam reabsorb it, and then fucking Peter is just like, if you have even a little bit of indigestion, you call us. And it's like, all right, okay. What well, um, fish? I mean, kind of uh, didn't really think that one through. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you kind of end on uh, trying to figure out which room Nikki is going to get uh, because she's going to be a guardian. Yeah. And if you didn't pay your fine, um, the Nova core suppressor or whatever activates and your ship shuts down and just floats ah. through space. And everyone's like, what the fuck, Peter? That's so funny. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, because as it turns out, that um that technology that you bought from the black market dealer <laughs> does not work. And Rocket Learn calls you a way. fucking moron for buying it. <laughs> so this is just um yeah, just some tidbits from someone who 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 might or might not have done that and may or may not have gotten that ending. You heard fr- that happened to her friend, probably. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. I mean, I heard about it. Uh, through the grapevine, so maybe the D- maybe the DLC will be pay money to to unlock <laughs> to pay the fine. Yeah, exactly. Like the DLC for everyone else, for everyone who got who didn't get that ending, is going to be like a whole new adventure. But for people who did get that ending, the DLC is you just have to pay to be able to use your ship again. Yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, after that, it it has a little bit of an epilogue thing where you find out how everyone's doing. And, uh, maybe set up for a sequel. I don't know. I'd be into it. Yeah, I would play it. I mean, it 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 ends in a way where like it's nice because if there isn't a sequel, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. And if there is, like, cool. It seems like there's still stuff to work with. Yeah, I think that's like the advantage of telling a story in like an expansive universe, like the Marvel universe. I suppose that's like the main advantage. Where is that? You can make self-contained stories, but also if you get the opportunity to make more, there's always more stories to tell, especially now that you have an extra guardian. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seemed like implied that Mantis might be like sticking around, too, because she's like also just hanging out in the ship. <laughs> um, so give me a Mantis game. Mantis DLC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think overall, I was thinking about the story, and uh, it, 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 yeah, the it really feels like a comic book, a comic book story in the best way. Like where it's just like they, they go all over the place. They go to like fight a mythical dragon. It's so silly and like kind of no it has no like there's no inclination to keep it serious or keep it like cinematic or dramatic or prestigious. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a really like, like kind of like joy, joyful, like embracing of the comic comic book story as platform, like for, for the, for the game versus like needing to make it something more than that. And I think it's like, it's refreshing in that way. Cause because comic book stories do have that freedom of like not needing to like apply to, I mean, pre the thing is like pre Marvel movie. Like, I feel like that was more the case where they were like, "This is something for like a niche community for like you know nerds." Uh, and then like once Marvel became like a Hollywood like titan and was every movie for every year forever, like then it kind of it, I feel like they needed to add that patina of prestige to it that like in a lot of ways makes the movies like a bit of a dull mishmash. And I think like where this game stands out is like how colorful it is and, and how um, like silly it is. But I think more of that, especially for the guardians, like just makes more sense. 
Yeah, it's just like genuinely a lot of fun just to play. Like the the combat does get repetitive after a while, but I think that's kind of natural for a game like this. Um, and the huddle uh, mechanic stays fresh still because you know sometimes you get a new song and you're like, damn, this is awesome. I like huddling uh, for just like two enemies. <laughs> or, like there's like one guy <laughs> left, and you just huddle just to shoot him two times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, I I definitely agree. It, it feels very. Zane, like the scope is very wide it feels very out there everything all the adventures that you go through while also keeping the characters sort of grounded like you understand all their motivations you you get why all of them are reacting the way they do to certain things and you know in the end it, it just feels very it feels nice because you know they're all looking for a family of sorts because they've lost their own um or in some cases they never really had one so uh, it it just feels like a nice emotional resolution at the end. Yeah, and uh, I, you get more space and time to develop that than the movies did. So, yeah, it also just like it feels the game feels like like there is you know backstory for Peter. Um, maybe a little bit more than I think is necessary even in this game, but it the game does kind of allow most of these characters to have like a backstory that is explicitly stated but like the details of it are like you know implied throughout and that's enough um like you Mm -hmm. don't have to get the scene of like we don't have to play through a scene of rocket escaping from the lab that he was from or whatever right or like Groot escaping his planet like we don't have to they don't have to show you that um whereas like the marvel movies always kind of seem like they do feel like they need to do that um so this is nice because it makes it more compact in that way so then it can be you know wider in terms of like being on its bullshit um which i appreciate i like that this game is just like hell yeah i am self-indulgent as fuck like let's go yeah Uh, i think it's great i think it does a good job especially of um of making it's like the movie's kind of gimmick characters, which is Drax and Groot, into more less of less of like a punchline, I guess. Like Drax mm-hmm. especially. Um I don't remember I read this. I think I read it just today that there was an interview about the movies with Dave Bautista who plays Drax in the movies where he expressed that he was kind of disappointed because the movies took the character into a more like really leaned into the character's comedic potential, which is like he's a very funny character. But, um, I mean, I, I distinctly remember in the first movie, he's a lot driven by, like, anger and grief. And, um, yeah, I think that comes through in, in this Drax a lot, too. Um, that he's mainly just grieving for his family still, and uh, you, you have to help him work through that. And uh, you yeah. get, like, a couple nice little moments here and there, like, when you're on Nowhere, there's, like, a, there's, like, a secret scene. I, I don't think it's secret or anything, it's just if you explore well enough... You kind of find him looking out in the space and you get to have a little conversation with him about his family. And it just, it just like that moments, small moments like that paired with the big bombastic fights really makes the game feel uh, satisfying to play. Yeah, uh, it's, I agree so, so much with, I didn't realize he had that interview where he talked about that. Cause yeah, it's like, it feels like they, yeah, they just, took the wrong lessons of that character and then we're just like played it up um and then you're like 
Dave Bautista in this story would have been would have killed it. Like it was <laughs> so good. Because he does, yeah. does play a really like a good somber character as well. Like so yeah, it's like he's definitely my favorite from the game. Like I like I really liked like the way he was presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. it as well. And um so I don't know if you guys ended up looking at some of the collectible scenes, but um yeah, the collectible scenes I think are really interesting as well. Because like you said, Ty, there's like no need for the game doesn't feel a need to explain everything to you. It's like implied just enough that you can fill in the gaps yourself. But those collectible scenes do actually fill in some of the gaps and um make you understand these characters a little bit better. So one of my favorite ones is well, I mean, it, I'm sure glad it's my favorite because I spent 7,000 credits on it, but um, <laughs> is where you get Gamora the doll and she explains why she collects dolls at all. And it has to do with like her upbringing and um, the fact that a doll was the only gift that Thanos ever gave her and her sister Nebula. Um, and then one day, like, I think like he he destroyed the dolls to teach them like not to get attached to anything. but. Before he did that, um, he made them think that they had, um, like, that Nebula had stolen Gamora's doll or whatever, and, they, and like, to pit them against each other. It's just really fucked up. Thanos was not a good father. Um, no, he's a bad man. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, uh, it just, it's very touching, and it, it gives you more of an insight into Gamora as a character, and, like, like, this little, this little bit of, um, her old life that she still clings on to because she still misses her sister and feels bad about, you know, killing her sister. Which yeah, I, guess I wanted. Feel bad about, but. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I don't think we actually talked about it in the plot. But you eventually find out that the reason that Gamora knew that her promise was bullshit was because Nebula was alive in it, and mm-hmm. Gamora killed Nebula herself, like because she, like, I think she says something along the lines of like, "I had to put her down because, like, the person that she had become was like not, you know, like okay anymore." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, a, a pretty stark contrast to Gamora in the movies, which is, like, okay, I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I have seen Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> and, um, Gamora in that is basically just fodder for Thanos' like, man pain. Yeah. Uh, um, like, literal fodder. Uh, so, just this version of her, much better, um... She feels like an actual yeah. character who has her own thing going on and her own reasons for things. And uh, just like little scraps that you get, um, like her collecting dolls. It just makes her feel just more compelling as a, as her soul, as a solo character rather than just an accessory to Thanos' wider story. It's also yeah. kind of nice that she's not like a romantic interest. Yes, yeah. that is definitely it an did. improvement. It did bum me out that Nebula's, like, dead. Like, they kind of, at least, Mm -hmm. like, at least with the way that they phrased it with Gamora, like, currently, like, the book is closed on Nebula, in theory. Um, Which, I mean, it's a fucking Marvel game, so, like, there are a billion ways she could come back to life. But I was a little bummed by that, but I totally agree that... I I liked the that neither of them are being accessories to Thanos and that like Gamora took it upon herself to kill Nebula because you know she was the only one that 
wood. Yeah, and um, yeah, she's not being an accessory to Thanos. She's not also not being an accessory to Peter anymore, because um, she sometimes feels like that in the movies. Yeah, uh, especially in the Infinity War one. Yeah, like, seriously, okay. uh, she's just kind of like she just has a bad time in that. She's just kind of like used for Peter's drama and then Thanos' drama, and then she dies. It's yeah, it just it's just yeah. a huge improvement, and um. Again, just, just like have like a decent storyline with her, I will say between her and her sister, mm-hmm. like they do explore that in like some interesting ways. Whereas like they talk about their messed up childhood, so it sounds like some of those similar similar cues make it into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but can you like play the games. So you don't have to watch. The, you don't have to watch the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Good. you don't. Mostly, you don't have to watch the sequel because you don't want to see how dirty they did Mantis. No. Mm-hmm. She fucking sucks in that movie. Dang, like, man. I think, okay. well, it's less that she herself sucks. It's more like the way that she's used. Because I think there's room for characters like that version of Mantis, but the way that she's, like, used and depicted is not great. But this Mantis also just kicks so much more ass just by being, like, a little all-seeing freak. Um, yeah, just a little weirdo. As opposed to, like, a mega very, like, empath or whatever in like the Luna Lovegoody, like from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of like, like you're yeah. weird, and there's no and way she's I can... like quirky. She's just like playing. she's just like spacey and like wildly like just mega empath. Yeah, Whereas, and this like, is like mm, I've seen you die like a hundred times. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah, I also like that in this one they call her the Celestial Madonna, and like you know, like like Mantis is important. And, like, is, like, a, a figure in the world. Um, yeah. And I think, like, it's cool that the game is, like, not about that, but is, like, very explicit in stating that because Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is, like, does not put respect <laughs> on Mantis' name. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a recurring theme so far. I mean, they made Drax into a gimmick. They made Groot into a gimmick. They made Mantis into a gimmick. Or, like, at least just a bit part. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. The more gets more, um, and and definitely Peter gets a lot more. Yeah, I I like this version of Peter so much better. I know that I said that before, but I think that mm-hmm. he's just like so much. He feels like a real person, mm-hmm. and that comes like in part from you know, which is crazy. Canadians aren't real people, but yeah, <laughs> but like it's he really impressive. Yeah. Part of part of him being like a notorious monster fucker, right? That like adds to his character. Like you know that he's like going around on these different planets, like begging alien ladies, um, and that like says stuff about him. <laughs> Remember in our Mass Effect cast when I said that, um, when we talked about how men think they want to fuck aliens, but really they just want to fuck human women that are like blue. Yes. That's movie Peter Quill. <laughs> yes. That's why, and that's why game Peter Quill is not fucking Gamora, because she's just green. She's exactly. not monster enough. <laughs> um, yeah, boring. And, like, and there's stuff like that for all of them. Like, Rocket has, you know, his fear of water from being traumatized, but he also has his whole, like, hang-up about being called a raccoon. Um, and, and being you know, thrown. Yes, and being thrown or like being, you know, seen as a, a 
you know, a Huge pool. Or like tiny. Yeah. yeah and then I feel like that was and, something that made rac- like oh, raccoon. Sorry, I'm sorry, Rocket. That made Rocket <laughs> much more interesting. Like I feel like the the impulse would be to see him as like just a little guy, you know? Like a little raccoon guy. Yeah, and he's but like then, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah, and then like through the game you realize like he has a big thing about wanting to assert his autonomy and it's not just like a funny thing for him. It's like a real serious part of his psyche. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, you just like you gradually like learn to respect that. Yeah, and it's like nice cuz like it it you learn to respect that through the other characters. You learn to respect that through Drax, right? Cuz Drax is the one who's always like I'm going to throw the rodent. And then he's the one who's like, oh, like, you are a valued member of the team. I am not going to throw you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's growth. <laughs> or, like, when he, you know, like, he calls... G- 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 I almost called her Grimora. That's a different game. Um, he, he Drax always calls Gamora, like, assassin and, like, a uh, traitor and all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, as... I can't remember which part of it it is, but there's a part afterwards where he's like, fuck, Peter, I just realized that, like, without Rocket and Gamora, like, we would not have been able to do that. Like, <laughs> I probably gotta be, like, nicer to them. <laughs> yeah. And then That's he like is. He, like, genuinely, yeah. like, he stops calling Gamora names after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that after he, like, lets go of his real family, he realizes that, like, he has to hold on to the people that he does have. Yeah, and I like that it's not quite like a Kingdom Hearts level of my friends are my power, but it is like <laughs> a oh, these people are like, you know, adding something to my life that I would not have otherwise. And that applies, you know, emotionally and practically in their missions. Yeah. yeah I definitely I think-, think that something that this game did really well is that Peter is like the player character, but he's not always the main focus mm-hmm. which is a problem with the movies it's like all about peter he's like the the main guy but for the game it's like you play as peter but also you're sort of moving through all these other people's lives and even like drax has the most emotionally resonant arc i think like you literally spend a chapter inside that guy's brain so <laughs> but yeah, it's like Peter has his own deal, but also everyone else's deal is just as important. And uh, the game really makes you realize that. Yeah, yeah and everybody's I deal is. Oh, sorry. I feel like it's good. Like, Peter, like, it's not a trauma Olympics, but Peter is very good about realizing, like, when his shit is not the priority. <laughs> And, like, also when he needs to apologize. Like, he does often, like... Uh, like, he t- he flat out tells Rocket that he, like, fucked up and that he's sorry about it. Um, and Rocket is still just, like, pissed off at him. But, like, Peter is weirdly... Uh, what's the term? Like, self-aware at times, despite how kind of dopey he is. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting that this see it that way in terms of the fact that like yeah he, like we still are he like he's still the main character like he's the only character you can control in the game which is like would make it seem like it would be like a game about peter quill and then some other people right but then i think because of what you guys said and like the fact that 
like I see the game a lot as like like looking at maturity and growing up and kind of facing responsibilities um and also like parenting really because I think like he, like and I wrote about it in my review like it feels like he's like forced into this parental mode uh, despite like and in various like various parts of the game in spite of his immaturity like with like Nikki he's kind of like taking on the mantle of of parent whether or not it's like you know actually the parent but he's like taking that mantle and then with the um other members of his team he is like uh like trying to like he's kind of just acting as like the the flustered shitty dad who's like just trying to get them from point a to point b and they're like kicking and screaming the hallway and want to go to mcdonald's and he's like we gotta go to to (laughs) school we gotta go to the do the right thing and they're like no i want to do my thing and it's like mcdonald's 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 (laughs) yeah just we've got it at home (laughs) we got dinner at home and like they're just like totally not respecting him or like kind of it's like when it's like when you're just like yeah the babysitter and like the nightmare family and like you're like like you are just like over your head like he just has that the whole time in the game where it's like i'm the leader but like i really need to make these people do what i'm saying and like it's always it's never like a foregone conclusion that they will like it's always like a a question of just like convincing them or just like brute force (laughs) making decisions um so it just has this interesting like look at families and like and like responsibilities and obligations and just like um kind of taking taking ownership over over your life in that way i think uh and 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 again in a way the movies don't because while they're definitely about family they're a lot more about like kind of that the the first part of like losing family and losing like kind of your the original connections and like how that makes you into this like immature um uh kind of arrested development figure but then the game takes the, i think the next step of like what does it mean then to what what is the next step from that like when is that when when you like actually have to start like behaving once again as like a new family like as a found family yeah i think i do really like that this game does take that arrested development character that like failure to launch character and does do the like okay but like what do you do next and like yeah he peter has to rise to the occasion because of nikki right like he the only way for her to escape the promise is for him to like you know be strong enough to accept what happened to Coral and make make nikki see it too um and i i don't think i have anything like critical or good to say about it i just really liked it yeah i mean these characters be growing they really, they really do. Uh, it's, um, I, I just liked how, if there's one thing that I wish we would have seen more, it's maybe seeing how, like, the other characters that are not Peter and Drax, uh, and maybe even, like, more of Gamora, um, kind of dealt with their own promises. Uh, but I also know that it's not really within character for for them to really talk about it to each other. Um, because it's like a group of people who all, who all, this group is very important to them, but none of them wants to be the first one to admit that. So the whole game is basically about them, like, like, fine, I guess I'll keep tagging along with you, even though I don't want to be doing this. Um, 
but yeah, the unspoken part is uh, that they they all really need this group, and um, they don't want to be away from it again. But yeah, I mean, I think it was an interesting starting point for the start of the game to be like they they are formed, but they're they're like newly formed. So Rocket's like, oh, I wish it was just the three of us sometimes, and the Drax still doesn't really trust Gamora. But as the game goes on, it feels pretty organic. I think that they um that they start to need each other more and they realize they need each other. Yeah, I'm just a sucker for that kind of thing. I just I I just like it when I have my group of video game friends. Well, they're yeah. it's just done well. It's well written. Like it's just they did they did good. They did good job. Yeah. It Never. makes you like invested in the group. It makes you like think that there's actually a group of people who do like each other and who feasibly would stick together. Yeah. There was a trailer when the game was first coming out uh, that had, I think, the first mission or something, and it had all the, you know, chatter and and the kind of, like, talk over and, 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 and just that nature of the game. And I think somebody in the comments was like, like, this is either going to be really good or really awkward. It's like, you're like, you know, they're gonna have to like write a lot of like incidental dialogue and like, and the voice acting has to be on point. And like, it's pretty impressive that they they managed to, to land it and it, and have it not be. I mean, obviously, it didn't work for everybody, but I think like in, in my experience, like yeah, I think it it for how much like for how like wall to wall dialogue there is, like it doesn't. It doesn't ever feel like I'm like, all right, shut up, you know. Like I yeah. just like I really like I definitely like was like yeah, this is like there's like a certain warmth to the chaos again, like the the, the idea of like spending time with your family, which I definitely like. I'm thinking about because I would just like you know finish Thanksgiving and I had my wife's family over, and it was like yeah, that's what the house is like when the family's all over, like everyone is saying something, and it's like very. You, you, there's never a moment's peace, so it's like that. I think that like they, that texture was really important for like the themes of the game as well. Yeah, I think they did a. It's very impressive for them to make it so that the characters are constantly talking, but it never feels tiresome. I guess the closest I ever got was thinking, "Man, Peter's voice is kind of annoying." <laughs> or not annoying, but like he's just like so white. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like guys more really come on Canadian. like it's it's yeah it's like guys come on we got to figure this out it's like all right man like, okay uh, well you're not chris pratt so i guess it's fine but yeah i mean it just never got to the point where i was like all right i need these guys to stop talking um it was just i i just wanted to hear more of them talking actually like there was a lot of parts where i would just like hang around and wait for them to run out their dialogue cycle yeah that um, was actually on one ship. thing I wish I wish that there was a way to like I don't know lock in a dialogue sequence until it finishes just cuz I had a bunch where I would like start one and then I would keep moving and like accidentally either trigger another one or like cut it off before it had finished and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dialogue one thing that I really like about the game is that it gives you that little like when you when you pick your dialogue option, it gives you the gist of it, like most games do. But also, when you hover over it, it tells you exactly what you're gonna say. <laughs> so I did really like there's that no, too. There's no glass him situations here. 
<laughs> you know exactly what you're gonna say. No misunderstandings. No LA noir overreactions. <laughs> exactly. I think of like something else about it that, but I feel like I've exhausted so much of it already. It's just a very fun game to play. That's how I would describe it. It's a very fun game to play. I'm thinking maybe Marvel games are just like Marvel as a as like a universe is just better suited to games. Like that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting. Not Avengers, I mean, but Avengers is like its own thing. So it's hard, right? Because like Batman in as games by and large kicks ass, IMO. Um or at least is very well regarded. Beyond that, yeah, I mean, DC hasn't done too much. I mean, Injustice <laughs> is fun and uh, interesting to think about uh, narratively. You should read uh, Yusuf's piece about Injustice 2 and the carceral state. It's very good. Um, but, like, I like this one. You've been playing Spider-Man again, right, Bonnie? Yeah, I think I'm biased because I recently finished Miles Morales Spider-Man and I'm like, um, I'm playing the the first one. Uh, not for the first time, but like for the first time that I'm able to take my time with it. Yeah. So my I like uh, Marvel Spider-Man, but I don't like some of the things that it does with the characterization in terms of like peter volunteering at the fee shelter and then like being gleeful about beating up drug dealers Mm -hmm. um like there's just like there's shit like that that doesn't feel right where like guardians i i didn't have a moment with the characters where i was like ooh, this like is jarring (laughs) i guess it's so far removed from like our planet that there's no framework for us to like apply that sort of analysis to what they're doing. Yeah, yeah you feel definitely. About the, about the animal, animal abuse toward Fin Fang Foom? Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, even Any in pause. Guardians, though, right? Like, they do have, like, <laughs> like uh, Rocket is ACAB, right? Like, Rocket is, yeah, like, fuck fully. cops. Like, fuck <laughs> the Nova Corps. Like, fuck the space cops. And he, like, says that explicitly. Um, and so, like, there are those, like, direct parallels, right? And, like, none of the characters in Guardians, like, have those moments to me where they feel inconsistent in those same ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes Guardians feel better to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I think the writing of Guardians is probably the best superhero game that I've encountered so far. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the developers are the deus ex developers. And I I didn't play the, I played the Human Revolution one, which I thought had pretty good writing. So I, I think the um the pedigrees there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that when it comes to like gameplay, Spider Man is truly mm-hmm. unparalleled. <laughs> it's so much fun to play. Um, and yeah, you, I mean, you kind of get that superhero games just kind of sometimes just give you like this giddy feeling, like a shot of serotonin straight to your veins, because it's like, oh, this feels amazing just to play. Um, because you're able to use your powers and do these crazy things that that um, are kind of like justified by the lore or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I've been I've been liking I've been liking the Marvel games recently. I have not liked any of the movies nearly as much. <laughs> I agree that they should stay in the realm of video games. Um, yeah. I've, we've had quite a few movies, quite enough of those. Yeah, we've had enough of them. I want the movies to go back to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 and 3. 
So. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, those are the best. Hopefully, hopefully, we're hitting a breaking point with MCU stuff. Those are the best uh, uh, superhero films. Uh, you cannot change my mind. <laughs> um, I gotta I rewatch them. It's been a it's been a long time. I think it's time I, to go back. Yeah, I. I think that Spider-Man 2 is, like, genuinely a very good film, like, just, like, as a film. And then Spider-Man 3 is just, like, ridiculous, and I love it so much. Um, and Sam Raimi is, uh, very much my brand of bullshit. Uh, so that's what I want. More of that. Um, also more hot ladies. Bring more, more, more hell-like ladies. Come on. Less less cowardly lady design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lady More Hellbender cool. should have had horns. Yeah, Lady least. Hellbender should have, like, I don't know, like, claws, like, big teeth, something. She was truly just a very tall lady. Yep. <laughs> Combine her design with something boom, and then we're talking. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was, I cannot express the disappointment when they were like Monster Queen. And I was like, oh, we're in outer space and there's a Monster Queen. I bet she's going to look real fucked up. And then she's it just was a lady. Moment. Yeah. She was just a blue woman. And yeah, she wasn't she even just, that blue. Yeah, she she's like, like gray. She's like, like, <laughs> she's like deoxygenated. Maybe that's why she can just be in space. Yeah. <laughs> you explained it. Figured it out. We did it. Um, I think I think that's all I have on Guardians. Is there anything else that y'all wanted to to pop out there before we wrap up? Yeah, I I wish it was a little less fighting, a little more puzzle solving, because the 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 out of combat or like out of I guess cutscene parts that I enjoyed the most were probably puzzle solving or just like kind of moving around, like the part where you have to block the water because um because rocket refuses to walk through the waterfall um mm-hmm. and you just have to find your way around and like use your friends to help you i really enjoyed that uh so i wish there was a little bit more of that yeah i, I think it, it, it they could have had a much it could have yeah lost most of the combat and it would have been great <laughs> it could have like, been much shorter much, yeah shorter and like just more about the adventure elements because yeah, like the combat, like if the amount that was there, like needed to be like way more fun and like way more yeah. uh, polished, and it just like yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit too like slippery. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it could have used a healthier dose of like, uh, like leading more into the quick time events and maybe telltelifying it a little bit. Um. In terms of the filling it out with not combat. Because uh, I actually think the Telltale Batman games are very good. Um, speaking of DC superhero shit. Uh, but yeah, that was that was it. That was my my only other complaint. Um, so I think that's and the sliding gonna... parts are dumb. The sliding parts are really when dumb. you when you slide down a hill, <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, it's because I've been writer. playing a lot of Apex lately, and it just not—it's uh, not comparable. Yeah, <laughs> so like unwieldy. It's at a certain point you're like, why is this even here at all? 
just so yeah. just just to lock me from going back to the previous section. I get it. You can accomplish the same thing with a tall wedge. Well, so. also, like, why <laughs> do I have to drive the sliding? <laughs> like, if you're gonna make me slide, like you do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need to. Con- I don't need to control this part. You got. You got this. Yeah, like it's just it's basically just a cutscene that I'm dodging, right? Like you you just you just do it. You just don't I don't need to do it. Yeah, at best it's a cutscene that where you're dodging at worst it's like an even longer cut like loading scene cuz you're dying and then having to do it again. Do it again, yeah. yeah. Unnecessary. No more no more sliding ledges, sliding surfaces in games. If you want me to slide, right. if you want me to slide, you do it. Unless your slide is real good. <laughs> oh yeah, I died multiple times because like, during the slide, right at the end, you gotta jump, and sometimes I oh, did not jump. Jumps. Yeah, it's also like not Just super clearly labeled, design. like which way yeah. you need to jump sometimes, and yeah. 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 Not We're, like harping on this one mechanic. <laughs> it was very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it also like good. there's so much good about this game, like yeah, the the bad parts kind of stick out more. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, this is such a good game, but it could be even better if they fix this fundamental flaw. Yeah, and it's also just like I mean, you gotta be you know critical of something. Like overall, this is one of my top games of the year, honestly, which is like surprising to me. Yeah, but... I I think everyone went in with lowish expectations just because like. We're thinking Marvel's Avengers, you know, um, but it was nothing like that. It's much better. Yeah, well, um, I think I was thinking like Marvel's Avengers, and I was also thinking like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like. I was like a knockoff version of that in a game is like not something I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I think I start. I picked it up because I saw a clip that someone posted of the huddle mode, and I was like, "Okay, that's a lot of fun. I, I'll I'll give it a try." Mm. Yeah, it has a lot of it's yeah it's surprising because I think the source material has a lot of stuff that fits well into a game. I think mm-hmm. that's why it works. Like it, yeah, like no, like having watched the films, you're just like, yeah, I don't need it like a game of this but then you're like oh wait a second a game of this makes perfect sense because it's like so <laughs> gamey to begin with yeah and they really like understood the tone that they were going for and the tone that they were trying to get from the comics i think yeah so it worked really well Definitely. all right i think that's gonna i think it's gonna do it for our guardians cast here um bonnie where can people find you and the things that you do uh, just you know, on around. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Bonnie Q. Uh, Q like the lineup. Um, but that is not my actual last name. But like I explained to you last time, it's not me being clever. It's just because my name was taken. So, uh, is it like and- barbecue? What is that? How you spell barbecue? <laughs> oh no. 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 <laughs> Q with four vowels after it. Oh, um, wow. because my actual last name is Q Q U. Um, I see. And I pronounce it Q in English. And I once had a teacher who was like, "Is your last name Q?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Then what's the point of the U?" And I was like, "I guess that's true." 
And then uh, now I go, <laughs> and then when I was thinking of a username, I went with Q with four vowels that have no purpose. So I just like that you were like, well, you got me there. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. I guess that's true. <laughs> um, Yusuf, where can people find you? Um, I am also on Twitter uh, at YumiU. Lots of vowels in that. Um, but <laughs> hopefully just as fine as searchable. Um, and yeah, I, I, if you're curious about the article I wrote or the review I wrote for Waypoint, it should be uh, searchable in Waypoint. Um, and that was, yeah, it's, that's me. And I'm, you'll find all my stuff on Twitter. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at obothkeeper. Uh, Palorand is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit. And uh, if you would like to uh, further support us, you can go to patreon.com slash uppercut crit. And yeah, that's that's going to do it for this time. Uh, 